Hey, welcome to another episode of Dawncast. My name is Kathy Ngo. And I'm Di Lee. And we're here joined by Scott O'Brien from Human Ease. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Scott, for those who don't know, he is a VR and AR tech entrepreneur in the diversity and inclusion space and also a 5G expert. Uh, so I'm really excited to have you on the show today because there's a lot of myths around um, 5G technology in relation to the coronavirus. Yes. So, uh, we certainly <laughs> want to touch a little bit on that today and demug de- Demug. Demug. <laughs> Demug. <laughs> Debunk some myths. It happens a lot when I talk really fast because I get yeah. so excited. <laughs> well, you could go with it, actually. It's new terminology. It's started new right here. Exactly. <laughs> Seen it here first. <laughs> um, so how are you going? Like, how are you these days? Thanks for asking. And, and likewise for yourselves. From my end, I, I think it's, you know, uh, a mixed bag. Uh, for, from what I can say, uh, there are whole new business opportunities and people have sort of been forced to pause and look at what else can we do? How can we do things better? Um, do we really need to go to an office? That, that is one of the big ones. Mm, uh, absolutely. Uh, but, but of course, it's been disruptive for, for many people. And I've had, uh, you know, relatives of friends pass away. So th- this oh. is horrible. And, uh, you know, around the world, the impact's been felt, of course, uh, through watching Instagram stories and other sort of social media. We're, we're sort of feeling some firsthand effects, I guess. Uh, perhaps you've got a similar story. Yeah, it has been a very challenging few months, hasn't it, uh, Scott? Mm. Uh, I think I spoke to somebody recently and they said the toll in terms of mental health is much higher than the toll uh, of yeah. from the people who, who've died as a result of COVID-19. Uh, um, and I mm. think we will, we will yet to see the, the ramifications of that down the track in terms of the whole impact on us. As a society, as you said, it's been so disruptive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, and I reflected over the weekend on my grandfather who was um, in World War Two, you know, and he was, uh, you know, shot down over France and taken to Poland, starved and tortured and so on, came back with PTSD, uh, undiagnosed, therefore untreated. Uh, and, and similarly, another grandfather, you know, who, who spent a lot of time in, in the World War II in Papua New Guinea. And we think how it was for these people um, in the four-year term or so that they served. Uh, we've just been in uh, a couple of months and we can see and feel that heavy toll uh, mentally and uh, it's interesting that how it has affected the, the social structures and how we've become uh, come to realise how important uh, the social collisions are, uh, whether it's um, by chance on, on our way to work for the coffee or the bus driver or so on, uh, or, you know, deliberate family and friends. So uh, this has um, also been an incredible sort of, social insight uh, for, from also working with uh, the technology that I do. Because mm. you focus mainly on diversity inclusion through VR technology, AR technology and all that. So how has it impacted your work and in, in what you do? Well, by definition and by our product, uh, we like to celebrate the ability to work remotely. And uh, we think if we can enable that and fast track it, uh, then uh, we will have uh, better uh, 
uh, diversity, equality and inclusion uh, in the workplace, actually. So we feel um, the way things have been done in the past uh, has actually been a, a barrier for, for many segments of the community. And uh, so the upside of this process we're going through is actually uh, sort of bringing forward uh, predictions and opportunities for, for pilots and proof of concepts that, you know, we've put forward over the last two, three years. And, uh, and, and so all of a sudden, actually, there's been also a spike in inbound inquiry and um, but it's really that the, the macro effect that I was talking about is perhaps more orchestrated and enabled at, at government level. Uh, the corporate inbound inquiry coming from, example, a, a cybersecurity company uh, and a, a massive intranet company um, has been more about the anticipation for uh, a drop, a massive drop in employee engagement via a 2D screen. And there's some basic neuroscience reasons that will happen. And um, and that's the sort of the ba same basic neuroscience reasons that 2D video conferencing uh, didn't make a, a massive impact on, for example, corporate aviation. So corporate aviation industry has been a trillion dollar a year industry, yet corporate video has been at best nudging 50 billion uh, a year at best. Um, this year it might do, you know, double that, but still that's not a tenth of corporate aviation. And the reason corporate aviation is so big is, you know, people rattle off the age-old lines of I, I need to have that face-to-face -face conversation, I need to have that handshake conversation, I need to look at them in the whites and the eyes. And as they're saying these phrases, they don't understand there's some basic, you know, neuroscience behind that. So how, I, so, so how is that... Changing, like you're you're saying that um, that there's been an increase in inquiries in terms of the technology for corporates and government agencies. Um, I haven't worked. I have worked for a short time in a government agency, and I, I, I kind of you loved it, didn't you? Judging by your face, I will not comment. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like um, you know, that whole remote working i know there's still a lot of issues around remote working uh, or uh, in the workplace it was called flexible workplace or flexible mm. policy and that was even hard to implement back then i mean You're now the mindset barrier yeah mindset yeah. but also technology wise like how do you ensure that that happens you know well uh from the last massive financial crisis of, of which covid sort of causing the next one uh, there had been moves towards the cloud. So you saw companies like Dropbox and Salesforce come out uh, and uh, move away from, you know, throwing in that uh, CD uh, and to, towards a cl total cloud solution. And uh, so in a way now we're going to the next step, not only a cloud solution, but something that is secure for even when you're talking about highly sensitive matters. And so also we've had a, about a decade uh, as, as a, a widespread workforce through government and enterprise to understand how to manage uh, sensitive materials, whether you're working from home or, uh, you know, in the confines of the four walls of the corporate um, castles. So um, there has been, I think, enough background now for uh, the security systems to go in place. And, and what do you know, for most 
companies they were able to quickly pivot. It was really impressive, actually, how many companies were able to set up a remote workforce. Um, and then, as you say, coming to the mindsets, um, you know, there's middle management insecurity uh, widespread. Uh, Absolutely. You know, how are we going to keep performing? How are we going to yes. get our sales? Or how are we going to achieve this, that, or the other KPI? Um, but again, we, we now have so many sort of cloud-based subscription type services that help us sort of monitor work and measure. And, um, and then I think also uh, the difference in discipline of people working from home is um, at least quadruple what it was a decade ago. Uh, people didn't have those skills. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there are, of course, still uh, a few... Um, uh, you know, blemishes in people's backgrounds. Like uh, I had to do a quick 180 myself. I've been so used to Zoom with uh, my virtual background and I come across the Google Hangouts and, you know. You um, can't put a background behind you now, yeah. can you? Well, I could say, I, I could fudge it and say, this is actually my virtual background. All these books make me look clever. But, yeah. um, but you know, it, it's interesting as we sort of jump around and we try the different video platforms and the different flexibilities and uh, abilities they give us. And so, for example, there was a famous BBC interview from about uh, a year ago and this uh, guy was delivering to, to, to BBC and all of a sudden his kids run in. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. yes, that yeah. was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> I love I love the memes that came out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like how like the child was like, he was still very composed trying to do the interview and go, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was gorgeous and his wife came in yeah. with a, a huge you know lunging tackle and dragging no but the, the, the just, but, but the interesting thing about that is that they thought she was the nanny then she was a nanny mm. remember yeah, that uh, was, she yeah. wasn't the nanny, she was the wife. But anyway, we're digressing what? here. Oh, but we're talking about diversity. She was the wife, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but, but the thing about that is uh, it was interesting, you know. It's just that one simple trick yeah. in, in, in the toolkit, having a virtual background, which would sort of wipe out that anxiety and will the, ch the kids come in. And uh, so, you know, um, uh, this, is, this is a sort of a simple addition. Uh, and, and a simple little um, distraction that could happen to people as they're in their normal meetings. But uh, I think now no, we're, we're, yeah. we're... I actually don't like it. Spot. I don't like the virtual backgrounds because right. I yeah. like spying. I like, I like <laughs> just peering into like what people's lives are like at home because it just feels yeah. a lot more uh, authentic and like, you know, this, this is an actual person behind a corporate face at work yeah yeah know? interesting yeah no yeah. i i, I uh, agree and, and hear you on that um however uh i don't know if uh, there are any fans of the office uh, american <laughs> yes. sitcom uh, no it's so the uk I, isn't it the uk <laughs> is it well the, the uk is the, the original yeah, yes with yes. ricky gervais uh, absolutely yeah. Uh, and the US one is having a bit of a revival. And uh, I've actually thought of having a little video of that on loop in my background. And, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, so, so the VR and AR, it's, uh, I mean, I know it's virtual re reality, but mm. augmented reality. Or, augmented reality. But how would you. All the realities. Yeah, all the realities. But how do you pitch that in a corporate setting, say in COVID 19, and how do organizations use that? in their current setting for work? Yeah, so 
I would say there's uh, a majority of Fortune 500 companies that are now using augmented and virtual reality in some way. And these are big words. So what's interesting, at the same time, at the consumer level, there's about 500 million people using augmented reality every day and mostly on their faces. So vanity, identity and ego have been the drivers for consumers, uh, you know, showing the uh, rabbit ears or the dog tongue or uh, whatever other. Okay, yeah. Is that augmented reality? That's augmented reality, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is and, that and on Snap? Is Snapchat or something, is that right? Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, Evan Spiegel deserves credit for being the main first main social media to push it forward. And instead of calling it augmented reality for the layman, you could call it cosmetic reality in a sense. Mm. Um, but of course, uh, as the academics would prefer the word augmented reality in the workforce, it's given us, uh, you know, right information at the right time in the right context. So it's been a very functional tool. Um, it's been less so for some sort of holographic telepresence. But this is what COVID-19 has sort of prompted people to start thinking of. If we can do this functionally, if we can have in the consumer uh, world of things, the cosmetic reality, well, why can't we mash this up and at least have a go at representing ourselves in a, a more human, authentic 3D environment than the squashed 2D flat world that unfortunately you know we're we're in right now mm. I, yeah uh, as you as you were speaking i was imagining the hologram is that hologram what's called you know like in star wars when uh you appear like you could appear here in front of us and having that conversation with us rather than say looking at you at the screen but actually do you think we're going to get to that stage where you have like when you mm. open something and go yeah that's right and you come out exactly <laughs> are we getting close to that uh, yes and no. Yes and no. So uh, the word hologram is sort of problematic and, and Hollywood has uh, been both a blessing and a curse in as far as the, the prototyping and the storytelling and around this new medium, right? And, and what's interesting is Princess Leia had probably one of the most famous charity pitches ever uh, to save the galaxy, more or less. And uh, I, I joke sometimes she, she could have just sent a text message, you know, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, uh, or she could have written a letter and posted it or she could have just made a call. But she sent her holographic image to get the cut through the immediacy, the emotion. Yep. And in fact, that's the way the, the, um, the, the, the movie producer and the script writers wanted it presented as well, you know. And uh, so that sort of, I think, has a parallel to where we're at now where you know 15 20 years ago we would have had a couple of thousand advertising messages a day now we've got ten thousand. so from an advertising marketing point of view how do you get cut through mm -hmm. then from an employee engagement level how do you get cut through right so what's going to be the most memorable experience uh, of the day and and what's also going to be natural for the brain and i can get into that later but yes is it technically possible for uh, this holographic image to jump out? Well, Hollywood's presented it in such a way mostly you can do that without needing glasses or, uh, or a phone. Um, maybe that's possible in 20, 50 years from now. And the word hologram references that. It references a remote intersection of a particle of light, whereas a holographic image, so a little nuance on the word, the semantics, holographics sort of speak to a simulation of the princess layer out of R2D2 situation. So holographic image, 
you could at a stretch say that's augmented reality through your phone or it's virtual reality through the eyewear, um, VR through the phone, etc. So there's all sorts of shades of grey and the nuances of the definitions and so on. Um, but definitely, you know, maybe it's earlier than 20 years from now. Uh, there are holographic displays in life-size, photo reel, uh, where you don't need a phone or eyewear, but they're limited um, by like a smoke and mirrors trick. So even since Plato and even back in the uh, 18, mid-1400s and 1800s, there were theatre tricks where they would bounce images off mirrors and have this sort of holographic image as though it was a ghost, hence smoke and mirrors, hence the term Pepper's ghost. Mm. Oh, that's good trivia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're an expert in 5G. Yeah, well, I mean, as much as anyone is because it's such a new world, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm an expert in 5G from a unique aspect of augmented and virtual reality. There are so many uh, slices of uh, 5G from those who are uh, enabling the, the chips, uh, the towers, um, there's all sorts of enablers uh, in the technology. But what's interesting with it is that going from 1 to 2G to 3 to 4, it's always been sort of this linear improvement, but in a way 5G is an exponential improvement. But uh, there are various uh, aspects of the technology that make me feel comfortable uh, that it is uh, good uh, for humanity overall. Uh, and in effect, it is safe. Um, so whereas 1 to 4G would more or less spray a signal out indiscriminately, 360, 5G has something that's called beamforming, which will understand where you're wanting to pick up the signal and it will direct that signal. Um, it also has slicing. So if you demand bandwidth of a certain frequency, it will deliver to that frequency. It won't just be the whole... Uh, sort of bandwidth taken up so it's uh, a lot more efficient and not only in the efficiency in the kind of use cases that are enabled for example like with holographic telepresence we have the possibility to take 50 percent of cars off the road and 50 percent plus of planes wow. um you know uh out of the air because yeah. it won't be as necessary to have as many of these corporate flights or mm. uh, terrestrial trips because we're um, being able to present ourselves sim highly simulated mm. photo real mm. uh, through 5g and to sort of give you some reference point of that one of you know the favorite stories that i, I like hearing elon musk uh, spout uh, far and wide is if you imagine 40 years ago we had a, a basic computer game called pong uh, if you know with the paddles and the ding Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really basic. <laughs> no. And, I have no idea and what it is. so. <laughs> we'll Google it later. Together. Okay, we'll Google it later together. <laughs> yeah. Pong. Pong. P, P O N G. Yeah. And, and so that was, 40, that was 40 years ago. And, and so now we're able to present a human absolutely photo real and with authentic lighting in a holographic, like virtual reality or augmented reality context mm -hmm. to the point that if someone was to go into the eyewear and, and stand next to this person or in front of this person, they'll, ob they'll obey social constructs like personal space. Oh, uh, obey. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah. They'll just naturally default into yeah. this behavior like they don't want to step into their personal space. And, and it's this and other sort of signals that show 
instinctually, reflexively, we're accepting that that person is present with us. Wow. And that is ma- massive. Do you think um, you could make yourself like, I don't know, have longer hair or taller? <laughs> you know, like the whole filter effect? Like, the, Do you think it'll have In those features? <laughs> In real life? Like the holographic yeah. thingy. So it's an interesting world uh, where Revlons and, you know, other sort of cosmetic companies uh, have invested uh, and uh, have understood that it is not only going to help them sell more product, but it may in the future be the product. And, uh, in a, and again, another reference point to uh, defeating waste because, for example, have a think about it, when you go to department stores, you try on this, try on that, and that's physical product that's finite. Uh, why not try artificially, um, digitally, uh, these sort of um, makeup uh, cosmetic arrangements without wasting actual product? And, uh, and, and also, you know, take it to the next level without actually having to go to the department store. The department store comes to you in a way. And, of course, there are social elements that usually leads to the next thing. But I like going to the department store because it's sort of social. Yeah, it's uh, interaction yeah. and everything. Yeah, uh, and, and that's sort of the next step which 5G will enable. It will enable these very low latency abilities for us to share the same room, for us to share different metaphors that represent that same social conduit. And in particular, the four main conduits that we need, trust, loyalty, persuasion and bonding. And uh, we're talking about trust. Is five G? I, you know, what do you say to the uh, rumors that five G causes COVID nineteen? And five G is, uh, you know, Chinese kind of technology that's going to collect all of our data. Well, I mean, in a way, have you heard? Have you heard of those? Any any other unusual ones that you've heard? I'm sure you've heard of a lot. Yeah, I, I, I get pumped uh, a lot of the conspiracy theories. And, uh, so what about the first one about COVID-19? Tell us about the, can 5G cause COVID-19? What the, yeah, what the contention is, is that uh, the frequency of 5G is causing um, disruption uh, to hemoglobin and uh, consequently our immunity levels. Um, but there's an interesting thing with... Um, sort of all of life, uh, all of life in a sense is a trillion parts in the electromagnetic spectrum. We only see 10 of that. So in a way, we're seeing only 10 parts of a trillion oh, with our eyes. Ten. So in a way, we're blind yeah. to a lot of what goes on in this world, right? Uh, and, you know, on one side, you've got x-rays and so on. And on the other side, you know, you've got your microwaves and, and or, or your 5G and, and so on. So... Um, 5G is on the non-ionizing uh, side of visible light, uh, which is one other reason, uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable with it uh, because the, the kind of problems people are citing are more to do with the ionization. Um, so you can go deep into uh, the scientific uh, studies on it. Uh, of course, there are claims of different scientific studies finding uh, reasons for concern, um, but that would be also a liken to saying baby monitors are a problem, microwaves are a problem, and even pickles emit radiation. Pickles. So that everything sort of emits radiation. Um, but with 
5G, uh, like I was saying, there is no sort of going back to 3G and 2G. And, uh, you know, w by going from 4G to 5G, though, we're going to be able to save a lot of energy, a lot of greenhouse gas emissions, um, you know, uh, a lot of unnecessary uh, wavelengths uh, because we're not sending things out indiscriminately and so on. So there are, I think, a lot of reasons to feel uh, quite confident and safe uh, with 5G coming on. So uh, the other uh, point is not just from the towers that I've been sort of mostly talking about. The other point is from the handset manufacturers uh, who have ratings on, on different phones. So if you want to look uh, at the phone you have and Google SAR, so that'll give you a, a rating of the radiation uh, of each phone. And you'll see how it's sort of um, improved over the last uh, one or two generations. Yet it, our phones are delivering much more. I don't know if you saw recently, I saw it on, on Facebook. Uh, somebody said, oh, look at this phone. I don't know if you've seen it, Scott. It's a 5G phone and they put it down and they put this uh, steel wall around it and they and then they said the phone is ringing. So the phone rings and then the whole thing around the five the supposedly 5G phone got to got all of this fire stuff going around. Apparently that's the kind of a wave that's emitted. And right. I... I just thought, really? But anyway, somebody created that and that was uh, spread around on, on, on Facebook, like I said. Yeah, and, you know, I feel there's been some – I mean, that, that's an interesting – I'll have to look out for that one. I haven't seen it. But um, I feel also there's been some very unfortunate uh, miscommunications uh, resulting in towers being burnt down. Oh uh, one, wow. one of the main – yeah, one in of the Australia main – Australia or overseas? Uh, I haven't heard any in Australia, uh, but lots in the UK and throughout Europe, uh, perhaps in America as well. And and one of the main uh, pieces of misinformation that was delivered uh, was about a person who didn't declare their name in this talk. Um, their talk was modified to make it sound like they were speaking in public at a, a big event. And, and in the talk, they declared themselves as an ex chief at Vodafone uh, UK and so people sort of listened to this and didn't question it didn't google like well, who was that uh, and uh, just went along though with uh, the different declarations that were made in that uh, video yet it was only audio so someone wasn't prepared to put their face to it which is interesting um, there are some people that have put their face to some of the conspiracy theories um, you know, and, and then, of course, the other one was the, uh, uh, as you suggested earlier, some people had claimed that 5G is connected to uh, COVID spread, um, whether they thought that by the immunity issue or by creating COVID, um, it's, it's very muddy uh, and it, it, it distracts a lot, actually, from the... Uh, the technology I itself. The, yeah, the, the, the big upsides that there are for 5G. Uh, for the environment, for humanity, it means we can deliver better uh, remote, rural, regional healthcare. Uh, it means that we can better manage traffic, less accidents, much less accidents. Uh, and it means that how uh, you know, how what do you mean by prevent uh, much less accidents? How do we do that with the five G technology? Yeah, so five G is going to better analyze traffic 
uh, and that will help emergency services, for example, uh, through to even management of roadways, knowing when to close off one lane, open up another. Uh, but then as time goes on, it's going to have a firsthand uh, relationship to the onboarding of self-driving cars. And, uh, you know, as humans, we're sort of flawed, uh, like uh, Absolutely. You know, we, were, we spoke <laughs> about at the top. So, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of great technology now uh, proving that self-driving cars have a place, maybe not 100% far and wide, but definitely have a place. And, you know, have already delivered successful uh, experiments going coast to coast in America. And I mean, for many people, it does their reverse parking, uh, you know, so there's lots of instances where 5G will uh, give uh, not only amazing um, uh, positional information, uh, but uh, safety reactions uh, that humans could only dream about. So what's next yeah. for you and how can people reach you? Do you want people to reach? <laughs> do you want people to reach out to you though? <laughs> In a holographic environment. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, my email is scott at humence.com and uh, I should explain humence is a new word I made up, which is a mash between immensely human. So <laughs> like my word, co-entrepreneur. I mix it between culture and entrepreneur. <laughs> I made up a, a new word earlier today as well. Yeah. What is it? Um, oh, I forgot now. Something <laughs> mug. Yeah, anyway. that, that's right. Demugging. Demugging. That's right. That's it. Yeah, yeah no, immensely like human. That. So immensely human. Oh, that's wonderful. That's right. Yes. Mm. And so, you know, we're thinking, uh, I guess, beyond all, across all realities. Uh, and, you know, we're anticipating that it could even be in the three to seven year scale from now. We're just hopping in and out from augmented to virtual to real life and so on. And we're almost not even thinking about it. Uh, it it's just becoming an instinctual way of life. But right now it seems all, uh, you know, quite magical. Um, but what is funny, like I was saying, is 500 million plus people are using some form of the technology every day without knowing that's the name of it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you know, if, if anyone has a sort of a dream of how do we um, connect across town or across the country or across the world, um, overcoming what we may call distance bias. And we think distance bias is somewhat of a umbrella to a lot of other bias. And, uh, and so whether that's cross border or uh, cross culture uh, or for that matter, gender, you know, uh, we see, I guess, um, uh, for example, you know, if, if, if uh, a young female is after a, uh, a high quality uh, career role, they've got to consider, well, okay, where do I need to live in order to get to and from that workplace? But if we're able to make more workplaces function better, more human, less alien, less uh, alien and less uh, risky in getting to and from, then I think we can, you know, really make a big impact. And there's actually been studies from McKinsey and Goldman Sachs on this, uh, you know, what kind of difference it could make uh, even up to the national GDP in the order of 10 to 20%. Great. Thank you so much for your time, um, Scott. I think we can continue on with this conversation for another hour, but we... And make you up know, new words as yeah, well. Yeah, make up new words along <laughs> the way. So really, really appreciate your time and uh, we'll um, stay connected and 
you know, keep in touch with you. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. I really appreciate your time. It's fantastic to meet your audience. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So everyone that was thank Scott O'Brien, thank you for watching Dawncast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel as well. And see Click you next time. See you next time. Click the link below. Yes. Bye. Bye.